I was in the middle of a particularly awesome raspberry pastry and the strongest cup of coffee ever when my cell phone rang. It was 7 a.m., so I knew before I looked at the display that only a handful of names might show. I sighed with relief when I saw Allie's name. Of the three who would call me this early, she was the least likely to have an emergency requiring risk of life or exposure. And since Allie was the one who'd provided me with the particularly awesome raspberry pastry, I was happy to help with whatever she had going on first thing on a Monday morning. You have to get down here, Allie said a split second after I answered. What's up? Uncle Max is eating breakfast at the cafe, and Aunt Celia always has breakfast here Monday morning. There's certain to be fireworks. On my way. Idabel and Gertie's arch-enemy, Celia Arsenault, was the new mayor of Sinful, although the election was currently under investigation. One of her first moves as mayor had been dismissing the old sheriff from his position and replacing him with her cousin, who was busted two days ago for dealing meth. Celia's stock in Sinful was plummeting rapidly, and the appearance of her long-assumed dead husband was certain to put an even bigger dent in her already scarred reputation. I jumped up from the table, grabbed my car keys, and wrapped the pastry in a paper towel, then rushed outside and jumped in my Jeep. I called Idabel and Gertie as I alternated driving and eating the pastry with my other hand. Idabel was standing at the curb when I pulled up. She swung into the passenger seat with a flexibility and speed that defied her age, and we took off around the corner for Gertie. Gertie was also waiting at the curb, halfway up a ladder. What the heck, I yelled and pointed as I approached. Hurry up, Gertie yelled. Just drive by and I'll jump in. It will save time. Good God, Idabel mumbled. I could imagine about 50 ways this wasn't going to turn out well, and not a single one in which it did. But I slowed down and pulled over as close to the curb as possible, praying that she didn't land on the hood. Or Ida Bell. I'd never hear the end of that one. As I inched closer, Gertie motioned me forward with her hand, looking slightly exasperated at my slow pace. I didn't want to insult her, but at the same time, I knew better than to go any faster. Gertie was a good 50 years and a decent set of balance and vision away from auditioning for Cirque du Soleil. As I pulled alongside, Ida Bell leaned toward the center of the Jeep, bracing herself for the potential of being Gertie's airbag. Gertie bent her knees slightly, preparing for the leap. And as I pulled up beside her, she went for it. Straight backward. Apparently, there had been a little too much spring in her push-off, and she managed to shove the ladder forward, which in turn propelled her backward. As the ladder fell toward the jeep, I floored it so that it wouldn't hit us, looking behind me the entire time as Gertie flew off the ladder and onto the sidewalk. Unfortunately, the sidewalk wasn't empty. A girl, probably 12 or so, and her German shepherd were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Gertie crashed into the girl, causing her to drop her leash. At the same time, the door to the house next door flew open and a woman stepped out holding a cat. What the heck is going on out here? The woman shouted. 
the German shepherd zeroed in on the cat and took off like a shot. The girl leaped from the sidewalk and ran after the dog. The cat, sensing impending doom, shot over the woman's shoulder and back into the house. The woman managed to get the screen door closed as the cat jumped onto the porch. But it didn't slow him one bit. He went right through the screen and into the house, the woman screaming behind him. Gertie jumped up from the sidewalk and crawled into the Jeep, falling onto the floorboard as the sound of breaking glass echoed from the house.